1: I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of glad we don't have to watch Michigan State football for another month. Welcome to Locked on Spartans. I am your host, Will Hunter, back with you for another uh, daily edition of your favorite Michigan State podcast. Uh, It's a beautiful snowy Tuesday here in Michigan, November 27, 2018. uh, And we have a basketball game tonight. We are going to talk about a team that has not disappointed us yet, like the football team did in many ways this year. Uh, the ACC Big Ten Challenge is uh, started yesterday, 1-1 uh, split, nice win for Nebraska as an aside uh, over Clemson on the road, and then Minnesota did what Minnesota does. But the ACC Big Ten Challenge is underway, it's always a good time of the year. It looks like the Big Ten might be able to stack up a little bit more competitively uh, than last year, which is good for the conference. Uh, for sure, but Michigan State takes on Louisville in Louisville. A uh, down year for what is always a, a powerhouse program for sure. They're they're we'll talk more about Louisville uh, later in the show, but they're, they're not as good as they usually are. A good chance to get a, a you know a decent road win of we'll see what they turn out to be, but it could be a, a fringe tournament team uh, in Louisville. So big basketball show today. We're gonna start. Uh, with the Las Vegas Invitational. I know it was a few days ago, but we definitely have to talk about what happened in Vegas. So we'll definitely uh, talk about that Texas win. We already talked about UCLA, uh, but we'll do sort of like a combo thing there in the second segment. The First segment, I'm going to do kind of a primer uh, on Michigan State basketball and how I measure, how a lot of people measure Michigan State basketball using Ken Palm. Uh, And then in that third segment, we will look ahead to Louisville and see what sort of test Michigan State faces tonight on the hardwood. Uh, But first, follow the show on Twitter, at OnSpartans. Follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L2 underscores. Uh, Email the show, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Anytime you have like a show idea or anything like that, a topic, send it our way. Uh, And we always love to include viewer stuff as much as we can. Uh, Like the show on Facebook, Subscribe to the show on whatever podcast service you use. And if you wouldn't mind, head on over to iTunes, give us a five-star rating and review. Uh, That is genuinely appreciated. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. Let's talk about some Spartan basketball. All right, what we're going to start this uh, basketball primer discussion with, uh, because I think it's important, is I'm going to talk about the four factors for KenPom.com. if you haven't heard of it. Uh, it's Ken Pomeroy's a, a basketball advanced stats kind of guy. Uh, digs deeper than just points per game and defensive points per game and, and things like that to try to get a, a good rating of what wh- you know how good a team is how efficient they are. So there's four factors that you're gonna hear me reference a lot. First, is effective field goal percentage. Uh, it's like regular field goal percentage except for it gives 50 percent more credit for made three pointers. Uh, just like they you know if threes are worth more than twos, so they should be credited more than twos. Turnover percentage is turnovers divided by possessions, just pace independent measure of ball security. Offensive rebounding percentage uh, is how many of the possible rebounds uh, that are gathered by the offense. Michigan State uh, is always good at this in both ends. they top 20 team right now in offensive rebound percentage. And then free throw rate is how many times you get to the free throw line per field goal attempt. And those are four predictive measures of how good a team is and how likely they are to win a game. So you'll hear me reference those a lot uh, throughout the season in basketball. So I just wanted to give you a base there. Uh, And just for example, right now, if we want to pull up Michigan State's four factors, uh, ratings from Ken Palm. Right now they are uh, shooting uh, an effective field goal percentage of 57.6, which is 19th in the country. Uh, and they're limiting opponents to a forty-two point three percent effective field goal percentage, was this 12th, which is twelfth, which is twelfth in the country. Uh, offensive rebounding rate—I misspoke—they're thirty-third in uh, offensive rebound rate on offense and thirtieth on defense. So, uh, really strong shooting team, really strong defensive team in terms of shots, uh, really strong rebounding team. Like, right, nothing crazy. Here's uh, what's not going to surprise you: uh, Michigan State is one hundred fifty-sixth on offense. In turnover percentage, which is right in the middle of the pack, uh, and they are 303rd on defense in turnover percentage, uh, which is, as you can guess, near the bottom. Uh, and then free throws, same kind of story, a little less severe, 166 uh, in, in free throw rate uh, on offense, and then 247 on defense. Uh, that'll shake out a little bit, I think, on the defensive percentage, and we know the turnover percentages will get a little bit better in their favor. Uh, but yeah, so that sort of gives you the... Uh four factors picture of Michigan State. They're currently eighth in adjusted efficiency uh on offense and fifteenth on defense, which slots them in at number eight in the country. Uh behind uh behind some really good teams. If I could like, you know, pull it up here real quick. <laughs> you got so many tabs open when I do this show that I just kind of run out of space uh and end up losing things. But they're eighth. In uh, the Ken Palm rating behind Duke, Kansas, Virginia, North Carolina, Gonzaga, Nevada, Michigan. Michigan actually right now has the number one defense in the country. If you've followed uh, college basketball at all, you've seen some of the performances that that team has put up defensively. That'll be an interesting uh, showdown, and it's looking like the Big Ten, man. So Michigan and Michigan State are 7-8. and eight. Then you got Wisconsin and Purdue at 12-13. and 13. You've got four of the top 13 teams in Ken Palm efficiency rating in the Big Ten. Um, I've I've been saying this since the preseason. I don't think there's going to be me- any elite teams in the Big Ten. Maybe Michigan State gets there. Maybe Michigan gets there in terms of, you know, uh, being ranked near the top of the polls consistently for a long time. And, you know, like a 28-win team or something like that. I don't think... Uh, and for the record, I think Michigan State's projection projected record in the regular season is twenty two and nine from Ken Palm. So like you know I don't see a 28 27 win team in the big Ten, but there's a ton of teams that are gonna win 20 to 25 games. Uh, I think there could be a ton of bids from the conference, maybe eight or nine. Uh, we'll see how the the big Ten ACC challenge shakes out. So yeah, that's kind of uh where michigan state sits right now and a few games in rate uh we're 56th in tempo which is i think they'd like to be a little faster but there's a weird thing where they don't mind you know tamizzo doesn't mind slowing it down but they absolutely want to play in transition we're going to talk about how big transition was against texas uh if you watch that game you saw a different uh sort of team when they were out and running but yeah they're shooting the ball great right now they're Uh, 3-point percentage, 42.8 on the season. That's 15th best in the country, and their 2-point field goal defense is 11th best in the country at 40.1. That's a stat last year where (laughs) they were like just leading the the world in that. uh, On pace to be one of the greatest 2-point defenses of all all time. Thanks in large part to the rim presence of Sharon Jackson and really active defense from Miles Bridges and other guys, but Slipped a little bit, but still very, very good, as you can tell by that uh, top 11 ranking. So uh, those are some things that uh, you'll hear me reference, like I've said, uh, throughout <laughs> throughout the season. Um, sometimes we'll get box scores where, like four factors box scores, where they compare, you know, how uh, Michigan State did against that specific opponent. And sometimes we can use, you know, normal box scores to uh, extrapolate out what those advanced metrics are, those predictive metrics, so we can get a, a solid idea of, you know, what kind of team Michigan State is, aside from the AP poll, because uh, this is going to shock you. The AP voters don't get to watch all the games. They, they can't, and they're not even interested in doing it. Uh, so they just watch uh, box scores, and it's like any other poll, right? You win, you stay put, or you move up, you lose, you move down three or four spots. Uh, that's pretty much it. This aims to, and our aim here on Locked on Lockdown Spartans, is to have a somewhat deeper, better look and get a, a real picture of what kind of team Michigan State is and what kind of teams uh, the, t- the teams they're playing are. So, yeah, I'm going to, in a little bit here, I'm going to use the, the Ken Palm page on Louisville to tell you everything I can about the Cardinals. Uh, and that's how we're going to do it uh, this year. We're not going to care about records so much or, or rankings or things like that. We're going to use data, and it's going to be fun and exciting, and you're all going to love it, and we're all going to learn and be better for it. Uh, and there will be hot takes mixed in to dis- t- <laughs> to uh, dilute the nerdiness of all the numbers. I get it. we got to have some takes and opinions in there too, but uh, you'll see what I'm talking about when we talk about Louisville in a little bit. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about that Texas game, the, the win in the Las Vegas Invitational. Always good to get a trophy in the early season. And it was uh, a pretty darn exciting game. So we're going to talk about that uh, after the break here. But first, got to tell you guys about Sling TV. Guys, if you are sick and tired of paying for all these channels when all you want to do is watch the game, you got this huge cable bill and it's just too much and you don't even have your favorite channels, you can't even watch the game. Well, Sling TV is the way to go. It is the best way to watch college athletics. $30 a month gets you ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and more. Right now, listeners to this show can sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial. Just go to sling.com slash locked on, that's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked for that seven-day free trial. You can stream on all your devices from your big screen down to your smartphone, and there's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Go to sling.com slash locked on to sign up. Now, Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, only better. And here at Lockdown Spartans, we are expanding local sales efforts. If you are interested in sponsoring this podcast, or Lockdown Lions, or Lockdown Pistons, or Lockdown Wolverines, or any of the combination thereof of the four, uh, email me, LockdownSpartans at gmail.com.
0: It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the years best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com.
1: All right. Welcome back to Lockdown Spartans. Let's talk about that Texas win. Uh, that was fun. <laughs> that sucked, and then it was fun. Um, so, I was talking about Ken Palm earlier. He does, uh, there's a win probability chart. You've seen these, I'm sure, on ESPN's website, but there's one here on this website. Uh, the game started at 62% for Michigan State. Uh, and the worst it got, uh, uh, Texas had uh, basically an 80, 85.7% chance of winning. With uh, just a, a, about six minutes left in the first half, so uh, really uh, highly improbable at that point. Even in the second half, like the Texas was still hovering around eighty uh, percent a couple minutes in, uh, and then then it changed. <laughs> then about uh, I don't know twelve minutes later of game time, uh, Michigan State was at ninety six percent chance to win. So that was a fun win probability graph game where it just went uh, like it was so bad and then it just snowballed and it was crazy uh, Josh Langford so another cool thing Ken Palm does is list MVPs for the entire game between the two teams so there's one MVP picked uh, Josh Langford got it uh, his offensive rating was 154 which is uh, quite good Aaron Henry's was a higher in that game just because he was more efficient and A the time he was on the floor and be the shots that uh, he took and made. Uh, But uh, in 35 minutes, 154 offensive rating is crazy good. Langford had uh, 29 points on 5 of 10 shooting from 2, 5 of 6 from 3, which is just like... And then 4 4 from the free throw line. But that 5 and 6 from 3, we've been saying... I've been saying it, if you follow uh, the good MSU beat writers which are most of the MSU basketball beat writers, um, they've all been saying it. Josh Langford is a huge key to this team. Uh, we've seen consistent runs out of Nick Ward. We've seen consistent runs out of Cassius Winston. We've seen brilliant flashes from Josh Langford uh, with almost no consistency at all. And now that the burden is heavier on his shoulders in terms of uh, scoring the ball, being you know that guy for the team, uh, it's, he's gotta be more consistent. Uh, and, and he was, uh, and he, he really, he had a good tournament, should have been tournament MVP. If he has to be Swinson won it. That's fine. He was, he was really good too. But Langford, uh, was incredible, especially in the second half against Texas, like just being aggressive taking shots and hitting shots. And you can tell with him, it's strange. Like if his shot comes out of his hand flat, it's not going in, but if there's a, like the proper arc to it, uh it's he's absolutely money. Cut back on the turnovers too. Uh he had a couple, uh, but Josh was a guy who you would see kinda and I talked about this before after the UCLA game. His feet were almost like uh he was like getting ahead of himself. Like he was just going instead of making like a proper like as soon as the ball touched his fingertips, he was moving to the next move. And he would get ahead of himself and turn the ball over. Which, uh, that's okay if it comes with a proper level of aggressiveness. But at some point, uh, he's got to you know tame that to a point where he's not dribbling into the key, uh, into two post defenders who are bigger than him, and getting the ball taken away from him, or his shot blocked or altered at the rim. But he was great against Texas. That was really good to see uh, the shooting was uh, absolutely dynamite against texas uh, once they started to get it going 12 of 20 from three uh, and shot 78 percent from the line 77.8 percent from the line which is really big obviously uh, we need to keep that sort of consistency going cassius was perfect from the line langford was perfect from the line uh 10 of 10 between the two of them uh nick ward only hit two of five but you know it's it's Nick. So sometimes I I think his stroke is okay. I think sometimes he gets a little bit of bad luck because he's not the greatest shot. So he leaves him leaves himself susceptible to variance. But I'm not worried about Nick Ward's free throw shooting like I am uh, about Xavier Tillman's or something like that. But 14 of 18 from the free throw line. Really good job there. Grabbed 13 offensive rebounds as a team to only 10 for Texas. Grabbed 29 defensive rebounds to Texas's 13. That's big. Uh, that's that's big time stuff. Uh, granted Texas missed more than Michigan State missed so Michigan State had more chances to get defensive rebounds but Texas only rebounded half of their uh, rebound defensive rebound opportunities. Michigan State re- rebounded 75% like that's you're gonna crush them uh, if you whoever you're playing, you're gonna crush them. 24 turnovers not great. Uh, But we talked about it on Friday, that Havoc defense that can put you uh, in a blender and really make things tough. Uh, They turned it over like 11 times in the first 10 minutes. So to go 11 in the first 10 and then 13 the rest of the game, while not good, is a really nice steady improvement. So it was good to see them adjust on the fly. It was a really strong character win, I thought, too. And I know this is sort of like uh, an intangible thing. We don't get to measure it. So who really knows? what it means. Uh, this team has a little bit of moxie. It appears they have strong leadership. They have seniors, they have juniors. That's the benefit of experience. You're not like, you know, th- every single kid on this team, except for the freshman was on, <laughs> came back against Northwestern last year. Like they were part of the biggest comeback in D one history. They are not a team that you're going to be able to knock out easily. Like they got punched in the mouth, right? That old cliche, they got punched in the mouth and they came right back. So that, uh, uh, in and of itself, even if they didn't win that game, the, the effort at the end of the first half to get it to an eight-point game and then just the barrage to start, even if they you know they petered out and meandered and they ended up losing by a bucket or something like that down the stretch or lost by six, uh, it still showed. Regardless of outcome, they had some guts, uh, some character, and we knew that. Like We didn't need that game really to prove it to us, but it helps to have some... Uh, empirical data, like, look, look at this great comeback. Like, you know ISO teams are going to be tough. You know C- yeah, Cassius Winston is a guy you can rely on. Uh, Kenny Goins, Matt Mcwood McQuad- like, they're not going to give up. They're going to play hard, and they're going to make a game of it. But it's good to <laughs> have this game to show. Like, look how great we are. Look at this big comeback we had against a good team. Uh, and Texas is a good team. Uh, they are number 25 in Ken Palm. They are going to be a tournament team, uh, potentially – You know, somewhere in that five to seven seed line, they're not going to challenge for the Big 12 because Kansas uh, is just so much better than everyone. But they're uh, right in line between, like, them, Texas Tech, Iowa State, Kansas State, like, that's who's up for the next, you know, who's going to be second to Kansas in the Big 12. Uh, So Texas is a really good team, uh, and that's a really strong win. You end up beating them by 10 in a game that you were down 19 points. Uh, 10 minutes into uh, just an incredible turnaround, really good job, uh really good tournament uh, taking out UCLA and Texas would have obviously loved a shot at North Carolina, but you can only play who's your schedule. Texas beat them uh, show that they are a quality opponent. Uh, and then Michigan state had a really nice uh, 30 of 40 minutes against them. So really good tournament. Glad to get a trophy. Uh, glad to come out of Las Vegas with some health. Uh, as we progress further into this gauntlet, which leads perfectly into Louisville, our next opponent, a road game, taking on Louisville in Louisville for the ACC Big Ten Challenge. We will talk about what Michigan State is facing when they take on the Cardinals tonight. Uh, but first, I got to tell you guys about all the amazing things going on on the Locked On Podcast Network social media uh Stuff. <laughs> uh, they're doing what I'm told is unprecedented things on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, you can follow at LockedOnNet and get all the Locked On Podcast Network local hosts covering their NFL or NBA team on one feed. How great is that? And it is great during games. You got breaking news. You get a local perspective. Just top-notch stuff. On Instagram, LockedOnNet is giving you the biggest stories in just one minute on your Instagram stories and longer. Editions uh, on the biggest stories of the week in the feed. So make sure you follow Locked on Net on both Twitter and Instagram. It's
0: Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's of best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at kabotaorangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's kabotaorangedays.com.
1: All right, welcome back to the show final segment for the day. Let's talk about Louisville. Yeah, so uh, news stuff first, and then we'll talk about numbers. Uh, Rick Pitino is not the coach at Louisville anymore. Uh, You may have been living under a rock uh, recently, but Rick Pitino, uh, after, what, like 600 scandals, finally was uh, sentenced to whatever vampires get sentenced to. Uh, He looks like a vampire. Uh, But Rick Pitino is no longer the coach at Louisville. It's a different Louisville program right now. They're reeling a little bit uh chris mack is their coach currently uh he was the guy who was in charge of xavier for a long time he you know basically built xavier into a mid-major power uh, that can be respected as kind of like a you know not necessarily a power conference team but they did a lot of good stuff uh in xavier so chris mack is now the coach for louisville louisville is three and two with losses to tennessee and marquette uh Close-ish, lost to Tennessee on a neutral court, and Tennessee's the number 10 Ken Palm team, so really quality opponent. Uh, They lost by 11, which is like, meh, you know, you you wish it was closer. And then they played Marquette uh, uh, as well on a neutral site. I think, I forget what challenge it was, like maybe Nassau. One of the challenges, a battle for Atlantis, doesn't matter. They played Marquette uh, in the third-place game of that. And took it to overtime, but lost by three in overtime, and Marquette is the 36th-ranked. Uh, team in Ken Pom. so you know you don't want to use quality losses a lot, but uh, sort of quality losses. But they beat Nickel State, which is really bad, by only 13. They crushed Southern, uh, and then they beat Vermont, which is another team that's not very good. All at home, uh, only by eight points against Vermont. So, couple mid wins. We'll see. I, I you know it's I, Louisville's got talent. Uh, they have a good coach. It's a new regime. A lot of turmoil there. They're going to turn things around. So this is a not its not an easy game by any stretch. Michigan State's projected to win by five points. Uh, but Louisville has, a, according to Ken Palm, a 32% chance of winning this game. So it is not a sure thing at all. If you come out and play bad against Louisville, uh, they're going to beat you. So... Uh, One thing this team does great, uh, and it matches up perfectly against Michigan State for Louisville as they get to the free-throw line on offense, better than almost everyone in the country. Their free-throw attempts per field goal attempts is uh, 63.2%, second in the nation. If you remember, Michigan State was like 180 at this, and then on defense, somewhere in the 200. So this matches up really well for Louisville. That's something you're going to have to watch early in the game as – is, is Louisville getting to the line? If Michigan State's getting in foul trouble, this is going to be a theme all season. If Michigan State's bigs are getting in foul trouble early, uh, it could be a tough night. Okay, and Louisville is not, I mean, they're, they're similar height. Like, it's great. Uh, they're similar in height to Michigan State. Michigan State's actually a little bit bigger than Louisville uh, across the board. So that'll factor into, into the game a little bit, of course. Uh, another thing that I think is going to be key is rebounding. Uh, Louisville's a good defensive rebound team. They're 52nd in the nation, which is, you know, not great, obviously, but it's good, uh, and they're kind of mediocre on the offensive glass getting rebounds, so that's going to be important. Can uh, Michigan State continue their success on the glass, specifically? Uh, Kenny Goins, he's been a machine back there grabbing up rebounds and uh, on both ends of the floor, so it'll be, he'll be a guy to watch to see if he's able to generate uh, different chances for the team with his rebounding percentage. Also, Louisville is, uh, while not terrible at defense, not very good. They are 95th in defensive efficiency. They give up three-pointers uh, at the 281st worst percentage in the country at 37.5%. And Michigan State, uh, if you remember, I said earlier, is like a top 22 team, I think, in shooting threes. From a percentage perspective, they're better uh, at two-point defense, 47.8%, which is below the national average, but it's 115th, not great. Uh, They don't block a ton of shots, and they are just as bad as Michigan State at stealing the ball. Uh, So I think turnovers, you know, when we think about how do you beat Michigan State, getting them into foul trouble and getting them to turn the ball over are the two probably key ways uh and you know Louisville doesn't turn people over uh they don't steal the ball uh so as long as you don't beat yourself you're going to be okay in that regard but like i mentioned just a couple of minutes ago they absolutely get to the line so that's going to be if you know if i had to take all these things we just talked about and pick one that is one that i'm going to be watching with uh the most intensity it is that how effective is Louisville at getting to the line because if they're able to get Nick Ward out of there with two fouls, Bingham's been better, yeah. But <sighs> Louisville's a different type of team with different athletes. Although we did get a little bit of a look and a little bit of an extended look at Bingham uh, in Vegas, and I thought he played pretty well. Shooting the ball, uh, amazing right now. He needs to get more opportunities, needs to, to get his feet wet a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, I mean, any... any Time you got a freshman like that playing big minutes at center when he's not experienced enough, it could definitely turn out poorly. Uh, and then just the, the lack of size behind Ward, and you know Ward is an undersized center uh, to begin with. So if Michigan State's getting in foul trouble down low, it could uh, it could turn ugly quickly. Although I do think uh, from the guard perspective, Michigan State has the firepower to to keep up with Louisville. I don't see them getting washed away in this game. Uh, even if the foul trouble is terrible. So uh, as long as Michigan State comes out and plays well, uh, which they've done so far, they've been a pretty solidly consistent team, uh, played tough against Kansas. You know, there's lapses. There's going to be lapses. There's lapses against Texas to start the game, Laps, laps against Kansas to for like, the first 30 minutes of the game. That's going to happen. Um, but as long as they play a solid, consistent game, I don't see them having a ton of trouble with Louisville. And if you get a road win here, And Louisville ends up, you know, turning things around a little bit. Like I said, they're 58th uh, in Ken Palm right now. Not terrible, but if they need to obviously jump up a little bit, they're going to have a chance uh, in ACC play to beat some really good teams. Uh, They play Kentucky as well, like they do every year for that rivalry game. So this has a chance to turn into a quality win down the road. Something that moves you uh, up to the three line instead of the four line, or up to the two line instead of the three line. You know, if Louisville ends up as a six seed, you beat them by ten on their home court. The committee is going to be like, "Hey, that's a hell of a win. You beaten, you know, a solid top twenty, top thirty team on the road by double digits at their place." Uh, So that's what Michigan State has a chance here to do tonight, and also just for the conference sake of the conference, Big Ten ACC Challenge. Got to get a win for the Big Ten. Don't blow it like um, Minnesota did last night. Uh, and it's just a chance for uh, the Big Ten to really say, hey, uh, we're back this year. Last year was kind of an anomaly. We're an eight-bid league this year. We're a nine-bid l- league this year, which I think they can be. So that'll be fun to watch tonight uh, and just s- sort of pay attention to the rest of of the Big Ten ACC Challenge with a side-eye view today. So, all right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we're going to talk, we'll recap this Louisville game for sure, and we're going to talk some football stuff. I have a new favorite person who I demand must be the next offensive coordinator for Michigan State. Uh, he is a great play caller, a great offensive mind, but it's that's not the reason I want him hired. So we'll talk about that tomorrow. I hope you join us for that. So follow the show on Twitter at OnSpartans. Follow me on Twitter at Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L2 underscores. Like the show on Facebook. Email the show spartans at gmail.com. Subscribe, rate, and review all that good stuff. We will be back tomorrow, Wednesday morning with another episode of Locked On Spartans. Until then, go green.
0: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.